Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Okay, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for giving us this afternoon to study your word. We believe, Father, that you would teach us, train us to be your disciples to be your soldiers, to do the great works of your kingdom in this generation. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be in this city. And Lord, that we were born in for such a time as this, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. This afternoon, uh, we are in the teaching session. This is not a like a typical church service, but more of education and teaching and training. In our Christian life, we need to grow in different areas. One is that we need to grow in our character. We grow to become like Christ in the character, such as we should grow continually in love, faith, mercy, compassion, and all the character of God. All of this character should be developed in our life. And the second thing that we need to grow is to grow in the knowledge of God. What does it mean to grow in a knowledge? It means that we have more understand of the word. How do we know God? We know God through the word. But it's not just knowing the word alone, but we have a personal relationship with Christ and with the Father and with the Holy Spirit that we become more and more close to Him and know Him personally. So we need to grow in that knowing and in relationship. So these are two things that we need to keep developing. But it's not only growing in character and growing in the knowledge or knowing who God is and who we are and that deep relationship. When I say no, I don't mean no in theory. So it's one thing that I know about Pasada, but it's another thing is about I really know her. What she think? She just look at my eyes. I know right away that she is happy or she is not happy. We need to know God to that level that our relationship with Him grows so much. But the third thing that we need to grow is to grow in the service. We need to develop the life of service, the life of ministry. Ministry means serving. So as years go by, we should be more effective, more anointed, and more productive in the life of service. So that is the goal of our church is to help you to grow in all these three areas. The church should train you to grow in all three areas. This afternoon, the emphasis is about growing in the ministry. Every Christian is a soldier. We are the soldier of Christ. And we should be trained like what King David said, that God train me how to use the arrow, how to use the bow and arrow. So we should be good in serving. 
We should be able to knock down the work of the enemy easily. We should be the soldier. We should be able to add more into the kingdom of God. We should be able to lay hand on the sick and they get healed. We can cast out demons. We should know how to evangelize. We know how to greet people. We know how to answer questions that people who don't know God come and ask us. We should know how to make disciples. We have only one life to live. If you're going to live only one life on earth, we are not just living to be a doctor, to be a nurse, to be an employee of a company, but we are living in this life, this, in, on this earth, to produce for the kingdom. We should be involved in expanding the kingdom of God. Every Christian should be this way. Yes, Lord, my commander, I give my life to you. You can use me. You train me into your church, and I will do the best I can before I die. Therefore, our goal in this church is to make sure that every believer, every member, is trained to serve the Lord. If you read the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, this is just introduction, okay? I just, so you understand why we're sitting here. <laughs> why we're sitting here is not just to waste your time. It was He, He means Jesus, who gave gifts to people. He appointed some to be apostles, others to be prophets, others to be evangelists, others to be pastors and teachers. He did this to, listen carefully, prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service in order to build up the body of Christ. So we shall all come together to that oneness in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son of God. And we shall become mature people, reaching to the very height of Christ's full stature. Wow. So, the job of apostle, prophet, evangelist, teachers and pastor is to prepare you for the work of service. My job is a coach. You are the one who is going to get into the field and kick the ball and do the job. My job is a coach. Amen. So every church should be that way. So today, we would like to learn one of the principles of how to build the kingdom of God. Last time, when we came together, we learned about how to evangelize or share the gospel. And then we also learned how to share the personal testimony. So after you tell people about Jesus and they accept Jesus Christ, they became born again. But it's like a mom or a hospital with the delivery room. Can you imagine if you go to a hospital where many moms came and delivered babies, but only 5% of the babies survive, 95% are dead. You think the government will close that hospital? Yeah, they will close that hospital because you don't do a good job. The same thing. When we deliver spiritual babies or spiritual infants, I should use the word infants, we have the responsibility by working with the Holy Spirit 
to make sure that those infants will keep growing and growing and growing until they become adult and become very productive for society. Is that the job of the parents? All the parents raise the kids up to grow up, go to high school, college, master degree, get a job, get married, and become productive. And that the parents one day will lead this world. So you pass the baton to the next generation. You pass the inheritance and the legacy to the next generation. The same thing with the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus did not say. You go and save souls and done. But he say, you go and make disciples, which means you save souls and make sure they grow up and be strong Christian. And that is the responsibility of every Christian. And in other words, of the church, we started the church here in this city, and there are still. I believe millions of people in this city who don't know Jesus Christ. We're gonna have to work together to get many of them saved. But it's not just saving them, but we have the responsibility and anointing, and the grace, and the power, and the training, and the knowledge to help these people to grow up, to become like Christ. Actually, they should do better than us. Eventually, I will be so happy if one day. Some of you young men in this room are greater preacher than me. Amen. So now I lay hand on one person at a time, then they fall under the power. But you just move your finger like this, and one thousand people fall down. It should be that way. You should be better than me. If you are not better than me, the world will not progress. That is the principle of medical training in the U.S. My professor and chairman told me that our responsibility is to train you to be better than me. Next generation should be better than this generation. So that is our dream. So every time I heard about great things that our leader in Thailand are doing in that city, I rejoice. I never feel insecure and say, "Oh, why they are better than me? I think I should push them down a little bit." No, it's about the kingdom. God loves. People so much, and he wants to have more and more people come in to be saved and to be set free. So we need to train next generation. And one way to make sure that all these born again newborn babies or infants will never backslide or walk back to the darkness, we need to follow them up. It's like the same thing: you deliver a baby. You don't drop the baby in the garbage can on the street and then walk away and have your own good time. You need to do what? Take care, follow up. You need to see them, feed them, do something that they will grow. We should have that attitudes in our life of service. But before we talk about the detail of following up people, I would like to give you some ideas about building the kingdom of God. I want to explain to you. There is a, a theologian who give this kind of scale in bringing people to Christ. If a person accept Christ that day, we count as zero. But anything below zero, minus one, minus two, minus three, minus four, minus ten, are non-believers. And after that. 
plus one plus two plus three plus four to plus ten plus ten mean to become like Christ you are so mature so effective you so powerful so in our daily life personally you may be in plus three some of you may be plus four and I explain to you and you meet people in society and people are at different levels in their walk with God or their relationship with God for example minus 10 was me 40 years ago I was against God I put my fist up against God I have no idea about Jesus and the Bible and I even hated God but one day my neighbor told me about the Bible and I began to get interested. So I went to that house every week and listened to these people about Jesus. So at that time, I was interested, but I didn't understand. I was minus nine. So I chased after her to be my girlfriend. You chase after me? No, I chased after you. <laughs> I was chasing after her. So when she went to Catholic Church, I have to go with her to make her happy. At that time, I become more positive about people who believe in God because I met a person who is so nice and believe in Jesus. Minus seven. Then I got married. After I got married, I went to a Bible study group and began to learn. So in that Bible study group, in three months, God moved me. In those three months, I was moved from minus six, minus five, minus four, every single week. Because I become more understanding of the gospel. And eventually, minus one. When I became minus one, I was really positive about Christianity and the life of Jesus Christ. So that night, they show me Jesus movie from Campus Crusade. That night, I make a decision to pray with the movie and accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. That night, in Soi Ekamai, Bangkok, Thailand, May of, I think, 1980, I became zero, born again. After that, my friends who taught me the Bible say, why don't you go to church? I say I could not go that much because I was a resident and I worked so hard, but I will try. But I tried to go there once a while and still went to the Bible study off and on. And eventually I was baptized in water and I began to have more faith. Plus one, start going to church and study Bible. Then I began to grow, understanding more and more about the life of Jesus by studying the Bible. I became plus two. By the time I moved to east side, east part of Thailand, Chantaburi, I walked into a Baptist church and I saw that the church has no leader. I raised my hand, can I serve here? I want to help you because I'm a doctor. I have, I'm a highly educated prayer person. So it will be easy for me to convince Farmers. So I raise hand to give my life to serve. Plus four. You see my point? Yeah. Then during that time, I met the Holy Spirit. 
and baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. I grow another level plus five. Then I served. I moved to the U.S. and become a pastor plus six. I began to take care of people and grow and teach the Bible now. Then 1995-1996, I met the fire of God. Oh, my faith grow more. Then I start to grow more and more and more and more. So right now I don't know maybe plus seven plus eight, but I am not plus ten yet. So this is a life journey of every Christian. God will do everything on His side to move you from one level to another level. From minus ten to minus nine, from minus nine to minus eight, he would do on his own part. I give you example. Maybe he led you to meet somebody in your office who is a Christian, and use that person. He he moved you to meet somebody so that you will be convicted to go to church to learn about Jesus. Or maybe you get into a car accident as a new believer, zero. And you got into a car accident, and suddenly the angel pushed your car, and you have no scratch at all on your body. Oh, your faith go up. You say, "I want to be plus one now. I want to commit my life to Jesus." God used circumstances. He uses nature. He uses people. He uses signs and wonders to move you from one level to another level. God doesn't want you to stay stagnant. He wants to move you up and up and up every week, every day, until you become like Christ. Yes, God moved His hand Himself to change you, but He also used you and me to move other people, and He used other people to use you and me. Everyone say, God uses me. God uses me, and He uses others. And He uses others. When you understand this principle, and you go out and witness to people, they may put fist up to you, or put finger up to you. You don't have to be upset, because you do your part to maybe change them from minus eleven to minus ten. Two months later, God sent another person to that same person to talk something, to do something, and move him to minus nine. It's a process that God wants to save a person, and the same thing, the process that God moved you from one maturity level to another maturity level. Therefore, if you understand this principle. You will not be mad when people move from one church to another church. Maybe your church is not good enough to move a person from plus six to plus ten. If they stay there, they will never grow. So God has to do something to shake them up to move to another good, better church so that they can grow more. I remember many years ago when a lot of people left my church. I have two choices. I got mad. And curse them, and yell at them, and pray bad to them. God send them to burn by the fire. <laughs> Or the second choice, I examine myself. Maybe the problem is not them. 
the problem is me that I'm not mature enough to help them to go to the next level. God has to move them because this is His kingdom, my, not my kingdom. At this point, all of this introduction. What I want to say: Let us be open for other people to help us to grow. And the process to move people minus 10 to zero is called evangelism. And the process of moving people from zero to plus 10 is called making disciples. Where is the follow-up process? The follow-up process actually is all the way from minus 10 to plus 10. I remember Pastor Da met a lady. She is a Taiwanese lady many years ago. At the beginning, we witnessed to her and she kind of put the wall up right away. But Pasada keep following up. She called, she visited, she encouraged her. And we invited her husband to come to our house one time to eat dinner together. The husband, very prideful Chinese man. He is very smart man. We witnessed to them, both of them, the husband and wife, they just ignore the whole thing. But we never gave up. We followed them up. After about five years, they both accepted Jesus Christ. And now they are committed members in the local church, our local church. One of their kids is saved now, and they are involved. They are growing and growing and growing. So you see, don't give up on people. Because we need to understand where they are in their spiritual walk. But the teaching in this lesson emphasizes the process at zero to two. It means that from the brand new believer to commit to a local church, at least to commit to a local church. Because if they don't commit their life to the local church, they will never grow. There will be like a kids running on the street and a robber and a bad guy can kill them anytime. They don't have homes to take care of them. So this process of following up people from zero to two is needed. God wants everyone to grow spiritually. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. Verse 28. So we preach Christ to everyone with all possible wisdom. We warn and teach them in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature individual in union with Christ. So Paul said that the church has a responsibility to bring people to Christ and help them to be mature. I have very limited time. Um, before we have a break, I want to show you some of the scripture of the example of Paul. How did Paul help people from zero to plus 10, or at least plus two, so that they can grow more? Okay, you need to understand that this is a process. God may use you to move, for example, Mr. A from 0 to 2 and then after that God will use Mr. Uh, use another person in the church to move Mr. A from
from two plus two to plus four, and then God may use another person to come in to help Mr. A to move from plus four to plus six. You are not the answer of everyone' life in every aspect. We work as a team. You may be involved in one section of their life, and somebody take that part and go on. Don't please don't think that you are the answer of everyone from zero to plus ten in every aspect of their life. We work as a team. Amen. But everyone to say, God use me to be a part, to be a stepping stone, to help people to grow into maturity. What is the purpose of having a church in this city? Not for socialization, but the purpose is to get as many souls as we can in the city saved, and not only that, is to help everybody who join the church to grow spiritually. Amen. 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 This is not a social club. This is the house of God. Every child of God must grow mature. Amen. Amen. So now you understand why you come to church. Yes. You grow, they grow. You grow, they grow. I grow, they grow. We're gonna help each other to grow. Amen. Amen. Okay. So you see the picture here. So this is introduction. <laughs> In the last session, we learned that we need to make disciples, and we need to. Allow God to use our life to bring people from one level to another level. Definitely, in order to do that, we need to make a decision first to be used of God. Definitely, in order to do that, we need to make a decision first to be used of God. Believe me, there will be so many temptations and distractions in life. That cause you not to do this job. The devil may say the gas price is too high. The devil may say you already busy with your own life. Why you add more things into your life again? And I want to encourage all of you from my personal experiences. All these years, God always take care of me and Pastor Da as we serve. Other people, God takes care of our finances, takes care of our health. He supernaturally opened the door that we cannot open ourselves. So the favor of God is upon us because we decide to live our life for the kingdom. Actually, God even promises in the Bible that if we serve Him wholeheartedly, we will live long, long life, good life. So I want to encourage you that you never outgive God. If you give God this much, He give you back to you more than you have given Him. So He is a good God. He's a generous God. Let's look at Apostle Paul. Let's look at what he did in helping people from new believers into mature Christian, growing up into mature Christian. You need to understand that Paul was in the first generation Christian in the world. The Jewish people before Paul generation knew only Yah, Yah means Yahweh, Jehovah. 
but they were not born again in the sense of accepting Jesus Christ. Let's look at Acts chapter 15 verse 36. Acts chapter 15 verse 36. Some time later, Paul said to Barnabas, listen carefully, let us go back and visit the believers in every town where we preach the word of the Lord. And let us find out how they are getting along. Everyone say, visit. visit. So one way to help new believers or the spiritual infant to grow is to visit them. We need to visit them, definitely. This cannot be done by one man in the church. I know that in the traditional church system, people think that, okay, I give 10% to the church, you, pastor, you get the salary. You go visit people. It's your job to visit people. No. Visitation is for every believer. I want to encourage all of you that you can do it. Believe me, there will be somebody in the church that is younger spiritually than you. You may say that, oh, I've been a Christian only one year. I'm not a pastor. But somebody just got saved last week. And you've been a Christian for one year. You can call and say, can I come by and visit you and encourage you? Remember Jesus said, when you visit people, it's equal to you visit me. In Matthew 25, he said, you visit them, it's equal to you visit me. Whatever you have done to the people of the least in the kingdom, you have done to Jesus Christ. So every believer can be the legs of God, the hands of God to drive the car, to put on the gas pedal and go visit somebody and encourage them. When I started the church, I went out to visit all the new believers. We drove to different places. How many people know Mr. Pirat Supasatit? Pirat Supasatit was a non-believer. Actually, he was drinking alcohol all the time. I and Pastor Dad drove 45 minutes to visit him on a regular basis until he accepted Jesus Christ. And then we still went there to visit on a regular basis until he established himself in a local church. It's a long way for me to go because I was a student. I did not have much money at that time. So I spent money on the gas to visit him. 45 minutes is a long way in Seattle. I'm talking about 45 minutes without traffic. So, we need to visit people. Amen? Amen? Why did I go to Thailand every three months? The main reason? Visitation. How are they doing? Are they growing? This is a way to visit people, fly there, drive there to visit people. I want to build this kind of uh, community that you all love God's people. And you say, you know, this week, Maybe one day I dedicate to go visit somebody one day a week. Maybe you have to visit the same person again and again and again until he is strong in Christ. You need to understand this principle. The principle of one and you disciple two, two disciple four, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, sixty-four. 128, 256 explanation. If you invest your life on two people in two years, 
and that two person will do the same thing you do to another two person. The kingdom of God will grow so fast. Within a few years, this church will be packed with people. But the reason the church never grow because we never invest our time to build at least two person in our life. So we just come here and sit, sing few songs, go home, and salvation just stay with us, and no one else will receive anything from us. We need to visit people. We need to make disciples. Let's look at Colossians chapter two, verses six to seven. Let's look at Paul. How he follow up new believers. Colossians two six to seven. Since you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, live in union with Him. Keep your root deep in Him. Build your life on Him, and become strong in your faith, as you were taught. Everyone say taught. taught. And be filled with thanksgiving. Everyone say teaching. teaching. The second way of follow up is teaching. You remember Jesus say. Go and make disciple of all the nations and teach them all the things that I have taught you. How do you teach people? You can teach people in different ways, according to your personality and your gifts. For example, Pastor Da is very strong in the gift of exhortation, exhortation or encouragement. So when she meet new believers, she did not open the Bible and teach like this. One, two, three, four. But you just talk the principle. Maybe read the Bible a little bit and encourage and exhort and encourage and teach them by her own life, lifestyle. Many times we learn from people by looking at their life. You learn. You are taught by seeing example. That's why we need discipleship. You cannot just open the Bible and learn from the Bible. You need somebody showing example to you. But some of you may not be a good. Speaker, very shy. You cannot speak very well. You cannot teach Bible. You are not gifted in teaching. Maybe one day God will give you that gift of teaching, but not now. That's okay. But you can go visit and just talk and maybe share experience and how God teach you. Just a kind of casual talking is also teaching. We don't teach our children by sit down in the class, okay? Joy, Paul, Tanida, sit in the class. I'm gonna lecture you right now. One, two, three, four, five. No. How do I teach them? I sit in my car driving to church, and then somebody talk bad about some pastor. So I say, you know, don't touch the anointed. We should pray for them and bless them. So my kids was listening in the car. Learn, oh my dad, this is the way he live according to the Bible. He doesn't curse people. He doesn't talk bad about any pastor, and he bless the pa- all the pastor. So they learn from casual conversation in the car ride. Maybe we go to vacation together, and while we swimming, and see somebody get hurt, I say, oh let's go help. God, the Lord teaches to help. People who are in difficulties, they learn from our lifestyle, casual talking. But some of you may be really gifted in teaching. Then you can sit down and say, "Okay, today I want to go to a lesson class with you," and you start to teach systematically. So you can do different ways of teaching. 
Or you say, I'm not a good teacher, but this is a CD. Listen to this series and let's come back and discuss. Read this book. Listen to this CD and we come back and discuss. But the sheep need the food. If they don't drink milk, they don't eat food, they will never grow. So every new believer in the church should be taught on a regular basis. Nowadays, thank God for the technology. We have MP3, podcast, CD. So people can self-educate. They can listen at their home. They can listen in the car. So we can have more time to do other things too. Everyone say visiting. visiting. Everyone say teaching. teaching. Okay, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. How do we follow up people? How do we help people to grow? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. In Paul's time, there was no email, no Skype. I wrote you that letter because I wanted to find out how well you had stood the test and whether you are always ready to obey my instructions. นี่คือเหตุที่ข้าพเจ้าได้เขียนถึงท่านหวังจะลองใจท่านดูว่าท่านจะยอมเชื่อฟังทุกสิ่งทุกประการหรือไม่ writing. So nowadays thank God we don't need to write on the piece of paper and take three days if we send to Japan maybe take five days for the letter to show up in Japan and the letter can get lost. Today just one click I got the email at 3.15 p.m. They get my message back 3.16 p.m. One minute. Or oh, Skype even instant message. They have in Google. They have in MSN. In Skype. All kind. On, and telephone and text message. I noticed that some young people I don't know how they do that. The text message. And, and some of them just talk and do this. Text message without even looking at the, the phone. Talk. And I don't know how they do that, the young people nowadays. Do you know how they... <laughs> Have you seen teenagers do that? Oh, I can't believe it, how they do it. Yeah, they don't even look to talk and sing song. And, okay. So you can send message. You can email. You can use Skype. You can use telephone text message, short message. All this kind of thing to follow up people. That is another way to encourage people. Sometimes I heard that some member are discouraged. I will text message that person and say, you know, this morning we pray for you, we love you, we think about you. Oh, that person feels so loved. Amen. So writing, visiting, teaching. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Verses 1 to 3. Finally, we could not bear it any longer, so we decided to stay on alone in Athens. Why? We sent Timothy, our brother who works with us, for God in preaching the good news about Christ. We sent him to strengthen you and help your faith so that none of you should turn back because of this persecutions. You yourself know that such 
Persecutions are part of God's will for us. So, besides visiting, teaching, and also writing, Paul sent his representative to visit people. When the church grow bigger, we need to help each other visit people. So the church will train a group of people up on a regular basis. Actually, at this minute right now, in my church in Seattle, they have a class at the church called Timothy class. About 20 people that we pick and choose from the congregation, and we are training them for six months, 24 lessons, how to serve the Lord, so that they can represent the pastor to visit people and to build the kingdom. So we need to train people and send them as your representative because you have only 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you have to eat, you have to sleep, you have to spend time with your kids. So we cannot do everything. Get more people to visit, representative, train them up. And that's what we are doing right now. God will not send a lot of people to you if you are not willing to take care of them. Because they come and die anyway. Because no one take care of them. No one nurture them, give them food, take care of them. God send them to other church. So we need to help each other. Amen? Amen. Visiting, teaching, writing, sending representative. Look at Acts chapter 15, 37 and 38. Acts chapter 15, 37 and 38. Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with them, but Paul did not think it was right to take him because he had not stayed with them to the end of their mission, but had turned back and left them in Pamphylia. There was a sharp argument and they separated. Barnabas took Mark and sailed off for Cyprus. Why Paul chose Silas and left and commended by the believers to the care of the Lord's grace. So, not only go out visit people on your own, you can go as a team. Barnabas took his team. Paul took his team. Sometimes go follow up and making disciples, you need to go as a team. Maybe two person. I give you example. Very simple example. If a young believer in my church is a woman and she has no contact with other people in the church at all, she only know me because I invite her to church. And it's not very appropriate for me to go visit her by myself because she's going to misunderstand me. And the church will misunderstand me too. So what I do, I will bring Pastor Da along as a woman and bring another woman along who is suitable for that woman, not Pasada, because Pasada is too busy. She takes care of the leadership. So three of us, I, Pasada, and another woman, go visit that new woman, new believer female, and build relationship in that visitation by using me as a, as a bridge, because I know her, she knows me, to introduce her to Pasada, who is a woman too, and to another lady in the church, and eventually they can call each other and I back off. So let woman take care of woman. You see my point here? 
This is why we work as a team because sometimes new new believers come in, know somebody, but because you are having friendship with that person, it's hard, it's awkward for you to go visit and try to teach your own friend. What do you do? You bring another man or woman in the church along with you, visit, and then introduce that person to another person, and eventually that person will connect to the another leader in the church, not you, because you and That person is too close to, you know, you work together and it's awkward to go teach the Bible to your colleague or something like that. You see my point? We work as a team. Amen. You see the picture? Okay. Look at First Thessalonians two seven. First Thessalonians chapter two verse seven. Even though, as apostle of Christ, we could have made demands on you. But we were gentle when we were with you, like a mother taking care of her children. This is the key. Taking care of other believers who are younger than you is not a job. It's not a program in the church. It's the heart that you love and care for that person. If you consider it's a job. Is a higher job that somebody pay you to do the job. You're gonna do it out of duty. I want to show off that I know the Bible. I have more influence. I can visit a lot of people, so a lot of people on my side in this church. No one can get rid of me because a lot of people like me. That is all evil attitudes. But Paul said that I come to visit you. I take care of you as a mother looking after her own children. Who is a mother in this room? Raise your hand up. The attitude should be like a mom. Who are moms? Raise your hand up. Okay, let me ask you: When you take care of your kid, is it a job? Huh? Is is a job or no? You take care of them because you love them so much. You care. You want the best for their life. You care. You love. That should be the attitude of. The saints of the minister of God. I don't come to Los Angeles today to get reputation. I come here because I loved you, because I want you to grow, like a father looking after the children. Amen. Amen. Follow up people with a right heart, with loving and caring heart, sincerity, and you follow them up for their benefit, not for your own benefit. I receive a lot of message from the Facebook because a lot of people listen to our sermon every single day. Two or three people will Facebook me, brand new people, and I ask them, "How do you know me?" Most of them will say, "Because I listen to your sermon in the radio station." And right away, I wrote back, "Do you want more?" And this is a number you can call. I never even have even one bit of. Thinking you need to pay me, you need to join my church, you need to come and serve me. I just want them to grow. I want them to get good food. That's all I want. I want their benefit, not by benefit. Keep your heart right, and God will really bless the ministry. First Thessalonians chapter two verse eight. Because of our love for you, we were ready to share with you not only the good news from God, but Even our own life, 
you were so dear to us. Wow! Look at how Paul say, Ah, Paul follow up with a loving attitude, and he is willing to pour out his life, share his life with them. Life mean your time, your money, your talents. Maybe they come to your home and spend time with you, eating dinner with you. Three, four days ago, we have a new member. She is a Japanese American woman, and she is maybe a, a few years old Christian, very still weak Christian. The Holy Spirit spoke to Pastor Da, called this lady. She never called before, called first time, and find out that her heater broke, and she sit in her home like this, like. Very cold in Seattle, and at that that week was very cold. Pastor Da say, "You and your daughter move here, come and stay with us every night until everything is okay. Share life. We are not saying, 'Hey, is your problem my problem? Please don't touch, don't walk into my house. I need privacy.' No, we don't think this way with our members or new believers. We want to share life with them." Galatians chapter four verse nineteen. This is how to serve God. Galatians chapter four verse nineteen. My dear children, once again, just like a mother in childbirth, I feel the same kind of pain for you until Christ's nature is formed in you. In following up, in making disciple, we may face suffering and disappointment. Now I understand. It's easier to have babies when you are younger parents. So now we became grandpa and grandma. So sometimes our kids drop the two baby with us, and we are not 20 years old anymore. I tell you, it's it's fun, but sometimes it's suffering. Pastor Da could not even have time to eat. The baby, two baby, crying, crying everywhere. Try to grab this one, and the baby come to her and like hold her all the time. She has no time for herself, no time to go to restroom because of the the demands. It's suffering. It's it's but suffering with joy. I believe that when you take care of younger believers, sometimes you may face some difficulties. Naughty, naughty, naughty. And you feel hurt. You love them so much. You take care of them, and they just do something bad, or they may talk bad about you. Wow, they call me too much. Too much problem. Too much follow up. And the news come back to your ear. I love you. I take care of you, but you gossip about me. The kun pay vichan pom pay vichan kapajau kung no. Amen. So are you ready to suffer? But your rewards are full in heaven. Amen. It's normal to suffer for Christ. Disappointments, hurts, misunderstanding, being misunderstood—all kinds of problems, all kinds of problems that you're gonna face. But it's worth it. Amen. Okay. Look at First Thessalonians chapter two, verses eleven to twelve. You know that we. Treated each one of you just as parents treat their own children. We encourage you. We comforted you, 
and we kept urging you to live the kind of life that pleases God, who calls you to share in His own kingdom and glory. One way of follow up is to encourage. When they do good, encourage them, comfort them. If they are discouraged, you comfort them. Maybe their parents persecuted them because they come to church. You comfort them. You encourage them. You urge them. หนุนใจเขา Hey, come to church. Go to the prayer line. Get the fire of God. Urge them. Don't say, "Quesala, sala, whatever will be, will be." You tell them, "Hey, read the Bible. Go to church. Serve God. Urge them. Go to the prayer line. Get the fire." We need to urge people to do the right thing. Everyone say comfort, comfort. Encourage. encourage, urge. urge. I just talked to my son, Paul, that from now on, when we have pray, come out to be prayed for. I urge him, don't just walk around there and talk to people. Come out to be prayed for. I urge him. Okay, look at First Corinthians eleven one. First Corinthians. 11:1. Imitate me, then just as I imitate Christ. So, in following up, this is very important. You set a good example. Amen. Amen. You cannot tell them go to church, but you never show up in the church. They're not going to listen to you because you don't set example. This is one of the reason that taking care of younger believers. Help you to grow very fast. A woman become more mature when she begin to have a baby. When you have a baby, you have to be example to the baby. You have to grow up. The same thing. A lot of Christians are not growing at all because they never take care of younger believers. So they just live loose life. No one watch me. I don't care. But if you start to look after a younger believer, I need to shape up my life now. Because this baby Christian gonna look at me. Hey, why? He taught me like this. He didn't see me do it. Next one. First Thessalonians three ten. Day and night we ask him with all our heart to let us see you personally and supply what is needed in your faith. Actually, it means he pray to God. Paul pray. We need to pray for them. Okay, everyone say pray. เราต้องอธิษฐานเผื่อลูกแกะที่พระเจ้านำมาในคริสตจักรอาเมน Have the list of people you take care and pull up that piece of paper and pray for them every day. The devil is so cunning. I give you example. If I'm go, I'm going to San Diego next month, I can guarantee there will be people who will talk to some young believers in San Diego. Don't go to Pastor Lau's meeting. You know why? Because the devil doesn't want them to be touched by the fire of God. So they will use other people to tell them, "Don't go, don't go, don't go. Die with me, die with me. Don't go to the fire of holiness." We need to pray so that God will work in their heart and say, "I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go to the fire of God." We need to pray for people because the devil work over time. We need to pray. Use the weapon of prayer to intercede. For all those young believers, look at the last one. First Thessalonians one seven and eight. How many people promise to pray for your 
brother and sister in the church. So you notice one last thing in following up new believers or younger believers. We need to give them the vision or the goal, the spiritual goal of life. People without goals will not go anywhere. They just stay there, never move to anywhere. So you need to give them some vision, some goal. I believe you, your faith gonna be heard everywhere. Your whole household gonna see your change. They're gonna be saved. One day God gonna use you to change a city. When they have that goal, they will keep moving. Otherwise, they just drag their feet to church and sit. Listen to sermon. Go home and watch Super Bowl. Because they have no goal. But if they have goal, they will work on it. Amen. So have the goal that these young people one day will serve the Lord fully. Your goal is not to be just a nice, you know, cool guy walking around with three girls. But you're going to be the servant of God. Give them the goal. Give them, encourage them. Challenge them. Always do that to new believers. Amen? Don't just go and talk about football. Say something to encourage them. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So you learn how Paul follow up new believers. Visiting, teaching, sending letter or emailing. Send representative to visit. Choosing a team to go together. Take care of them like a mother loving her children. Sharing your life. Patient. Suffering. Willing to suffer. Encouraging. Admonishing. And urging. Good example. Encourage them to have the goal of life. And praying for them. Amen. Amen. So put this into practice and your church will be very powerful in this city. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, imprint this truth into our spirit. Dear Lord, may your Holy Spirit remind us all this truth and help us to practice what we learn. Father, bring in new people, new believers into this house. And Lord, by your fire, your people will be zealous and fervent in looking after and taking care and blessing other people. Father, Lord, let it be done by your Holy Spirit. It's not just the program in the church. It's not only the law in the church, but it's the moving of the Spirit in their life. In Jesus' name, Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I live to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done Have been washed away By your only son Bring me your tired You said Bring
Yeah.